This is Rob Tumman for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted to be joined by Dave Coldwell. We're face to face. We're not on Zoom. How are you, Dave? Nice to see you. I'm very good, thanks, mate. How's yourself? Very good. Very, very good. Now I'm uh, back doing what I love covering boxing um, for one week and one week only. We are back being a, an online boxing reporter. So we're very, very happy with that, Dave. Um, as are you, because today we had the, the announcement of Lerone Richards fighter that you train joining Matrim Boxing so congratulations to you and Lerone yeah it's a great move for him um, you know it's, it's, it's a big platform Sky Matchroom, the big push you know he, and he's got bags of talent he's got bags of talent he's got great personality and um, so he's got the platform now he's just got to go out there and, and, and deliver now, before we go on to talk about the boxing, another thing that I'd like to congratulate you about. See, I'm in a very congratulatory mood. I'm in a very good mood, which is, um, yeah, which is, uh, not, not common for people who know me very well in boxing. But anyway, <laughs> we'll move on from that. Congratulations on the other venture that you've set up, a string of football academies. Let us know about, um, what you've done and how to, to get involved and support. So what it is, 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 uh, Kicks Football Academies. Basically, they're for kids from two to 10 years old, but mainly two to seven because Anything over seven, you lose the grassroots football teams. Um, so if, uh, it's about getting them involved, getting them active, and falling in love with the game and falling in love with the sport, basically. Uh, a lot of fun, and as well as player development. And we've got some great coaches throughout the system. My little boy started off at kicks um, when he was four. Uh, had no intention of playing football. Kept telling I thought, oh, he's never going to play football. And then one day he said, all right, I'll try it. We took him this one day from then on he's loved it and you know fast forward we've had we've had some great memories through football with my son and it all started off at kicks and with everything that's going off with kids right now not everybody wants to be a boxer you know not all, you know, it's not for everybody but football's a big you know it's got a big scope and a lot of kids tend to kick football straight away um and i just want to put something that i can put my name to and put into practice that i i have a passion for I've got passion for boxing, I've got passion for football. Um, so set up this uh, academy, uh, Kicks Hide. Um, it's going to be run by uh, proper qualified coaches. Um, it's not going to be me hands-on, um, although I am a grassroots coach. Um, so yeah, it's going to, you know, it's, it's, it's got a great format. There's, there's kicks all the way around the country, um, lots of different franchises. I've got, I've, I've got Kicks Hide. I'm going to look at getting out of Liverpool and I'm going to come to London as well. So, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's a venture that I'm excited about. I'm doing it with my son, for my son. That's going to be his little, his little business, his little um, project for when he gets older and become, you know, whatever he does in life, he's got that as well. Um, but, yeah, it, there's so many, so many memories that dads and lads and, you know, mums get involved. My wife's involved with Theo's football as well and, you know, it's great family bonding time and football, boxing, whatever it is, it gives kids an outlet. You know, some kids that haven't got no friends at school, you know, not popular kids, they go along to football uh, to play for a football team or go to football training. They have a bunch of mates and it's very important. So, you know, little things like that, they all, they all add up. That sounds great, and I very much would would like to hear more. And I'll be following your your new venture. I'm kind of staying with the same vein. Something that we spoke about off camera was the um the government order today where they um they made a lot of money available to uh, a lot of spectator sports and they seem to have um forgot about boxing do you know what it 
piss me off when I saw that. I, I'm looking through the list of sports and I'm thinking, what? Where, where's where's boxing? For what boxing does for it, not not just not just kids of you know that that are going through hard times, but what boxing does for this government in terms of keeping keeping adults keeping you know the youth reducing crime you know wherever there's a successful boxing gym a busy boxing gym the kids aren't on the streets you know teens aren't on the streets causing problems even if the, even if they're not bad bad kids intimidating getting up to mischief things that might cause stress for older people that don't want these kids knocking them out on the streets but then you've got the bad kids as well the kids that, are, that, are, that have got no influences at home and you know had have hard times at home they go out and take it out on somebody walking down the street and start smashing somebody breaking windows robbing and worse look at knife crime now when when these kids get old you know by the boxing bug, bug and they have a coach that gives the time and spends all the time with them and there's you know whether it's amateur boxers keep fitters or professionals in that gym that put their arm around them give them time and, and they've got somebody to look up to it's changing lives you know i i wasn't a bad kid but i had no childhood at home i had no no you know it wasn't a happy place for me and that was my escape. Go to school, get bullied, go home, get beat up. Go to the boxing gym. I felt like I had friends. And to this day, my friends are all boxing involved. You know, that's, that's, that's been my life. So I, what I was saying to you off camera is, if, if I'd have never walked... Do you know what? November the 20th, 1990. 30 years ago, it's tomorrow. That's when I first walked into a boxing gym. I've been boxing 30 years. So when I look at that, and I think if I hadn't walked into a boxing gym 30 years ago, my life would have been completely different. I couldn't speak to people. I started sweating when a stranger, you know, I had to speak to somebody that I didn't know. I'd start sweating and, and I was nervous. I was so introverted. I had no confidence whatsoever. And whether, you know, whether you make a career out of, of boxing or not, what it does for people's confidence and, and, and just, just for their lives, you know. And then if the government wants to look at it and talk about stats, crime, obesity, you know? The one minute they're saying, oh, we have this issue with all these kids that are obese and showing all figures about this. Well, there's boxing gyms there. You're not pumping any money into that, you know? And then if you want to take it onto the next level, small old boxers. You know, I manage a lot of small old boxers. And, you know, you, you promoters like your Carl Greaves, your Steffi Bulls, Errol Johnson, you know, John Peggs, everybody like that, Steve Woods. They can't afford to put shows up with no crowds. So those fighters now... Basically redundant, you know. They've given everything to this sport. They're taking, you know, forget the taking the blows to the head and, and putting the body through actual physical pain. They've sacrificed time with their families. A lot of them will go to, you know, they've been going, you know, going to work, coming in at the end of the night, absolutely shattered, going to box. Some of them are full full time boxers, haven't got no other ways of, of earning any money, and smaller boxers on peanuts. So it's not like they've got massive savings that they can just fall back on while while all this is going off, you know? And to think that there's no no help for them and there's no help for the sport to help the sport get back onto its feet, it's disgusting. And like I said, boxing, boxing's a popular sport as well, you know? Obviously, it's not a football, but it's a popular sport. You go on the street now, everybody talks about it, everybody knows about boxing. And it is such a fantastic outlet for people. And... It's so frustrating. You know, I could I could babble on forever about it. I just think it's wrong, and I think these guys that are making these decisions, are guys that have never set foot in a in a boxing gym, or they might do a PR exercise once in a blue moon, and go around, you know, in the nice nice suit and and 
you know, talk posh and what have you. But they don't go in there and train. They don't know what it does for people's mental health. You know, people are under the pressure at work and things like that. They come into the gym after, blow off some steam. It's fantastic, you know. But these are the guys that are making decisions. Don't do that kind of thing. They're not. They don't play football. They don't. They don't go into a boxing gym and train. You know, they. It's a completely different lifestyle that they live. So how can you know they've got no, they've got no knowledge of what it does to the average normal person on the street. You know, and, and it, it, it just baffles me that that these people are, are dictating our lives when they've got no sort of knowledge of what our lives are actually like. It is very frustrating. I just like to you know echo what you've said there. It's um it's quite jarring to to speak to small hall boxers these days who, who have no idea where the next paycheck is coming from. Um, I assume small hall boxers aren't entitled to furlough or anything like that. So it is a, it is a head scratcher and something that hopefully will be rectified sooner rather than later. If you are watching this, you're a small hall boxer. Please hang in there. If you are struggling, please talk to somebody um, at this difficult time for everybody. Back to Lerone Richards. Everybody tells me that he's one of the most naturally talented fighters that they've come across. You train him? Thoughts? Yeah, he, he's very, very good. He, he's one of those guys that you when he first come along um, into my gym, first few, few spars, and, and I'd look at him and I thought, he's one of these fighters that you, you want more from. Yeah, and, and this is why I, originally I was reluctant to it when I got asked to coach him. I'd said no. Because I'd watched his fights and I was like, he strikes me as being kind of like a lazy fighter. You know, he, he looks like he could do so much more, but he's just happy just to go through the motions and just do enough. And the first couple of spars, he was like that. And it was it's frustrating because he's the kind of guy that you're watching because you know what he can do. Because when he does, he shows you little glimpses. It's like, they're like, wow, he's good. But give me more, give me more. And that's what I've been trying to do with him that's what he started developing where he's got gears and he's starting to give more and he's starting to understand that um yes he's got the skills and he's got the talent and the ability but he actually needs to use it um and he's getting it you know he's developing he's, he's 13 fights in so he's very inexperienced um but talent wise he's fantastic and you know i said at a press conference i Ishmael Salas for me is, is one of the greatest coaches in the game. I look up to him. I think he's a great, great coach. And yeah, and for him, who when Laurent went and spent some time in his gym, for him to turn around and say he's one of the best talents he's seen, and he rates him world level talent, that tells you something. You know, it's not just me talking crap. Ishmael Salas rates him, so that pricks your ears up. And then when I see what what I see in the gym day in, day out. It's like I've said to him today, he's now got the platform. You know, he's, he's, he's got the big wheels of, of the bus, Sky Sports, matchroom boxing. He's got everything behind him now. All he's got to do there now is express himself and just go out there and just deliver. And then this kid can be a superstar. It's interesting you would say that. That's probably one of the things that I would have picked up on, on Lerone Richards watching him as a boxing fan is you do want more from him. It's almost as if, you know, when you can watch a YouTube video on sort of 1.25 times uh, playback, how do you get that out of a fighter? It's not just a case of shouting at him or telling him this or that. It's that. You've got to get him to understand that it's constant. A lot of boxing coaching isn't just about holding pads and bam, bam, or beasting. Uh, people say, oh, beast him today, this, this, this. It's not a lot of it's to do with talking to him. 
and and getting their mind and getting them to understand and learning about the game you know a lot of it is is the mental side and why don't you give more why do you not throw that when you see it why don't you take it and they've got to understand why they don't do things like that before they can then rectify it and then start doing it um confidence is another thing um and just experience you know and repetitiveness keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it and that just takes time and that is time experience more fights you know he's he's nowhere near the finished article but he's some talent he has some talent vacated the british and commonwealth super middleweight titles what's the route going to be for him he spoke about european titles is that where you're looking to push him next um whatever his management decide and, and Laurent decide i i coach him um so you know where, where whatever they want to do um i believe that's the route that we're, we're thinking about um it's he's won the british he's won, won the commonwealth uh he, he, he's just been talking actually he loves the european title it's a, it's a you know it's a prestigious title to own um so he'd like to go for the european he's not ready for worlds and stuff like that yet you know what i mean he's he, he's still learning and he's still got development to go um so yeah let's let's go that sort of route and then you know in good international names fringe, you know fringe uh, world-class sort of names and and faded names to build that experience to soak that to pinch that experience off those fighters and then then you you take your next assault into world level but that's you know that's that's down the line we've heard it a couple of times today i'm going to ask you about it um that Lerone was once upon a time brought in to spar a certain Tony Bellew before he boxed with Ronnie Stevenson. Have you spoke to Tony about those sparring sessions all yeah. those years ago? No, do you know what? He, 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 said, he did say that, yes, he's a very good talent, very good talent. Because when Lerone came to me, that's, that's when the conversation happened. And it was, he, he said to me, yeah, he said he's very, very good. And he was pleased that he was, he was at our gym. So, uh, so yeah, Tony, Tony rates him. Elsewhere in the Coldwell Boxing Stable, um, we were due to see Hopi Price this weekend. We haven't seen Hopi Price this weekend. Just talk to us a little bit about that. How is he and when can we expect to see him back in the ring? Um, I'm gutted for him. Um, he's, him and Jordan have worked so hard through the lockdown, through, through the whole process of lockdowns and the pandemic. Um, they've been absolutely fantastic. The mentality has been brilliant, everything. Hope is a very, very switched on lad. He's 20 years old, but it's like an old... old head on mm. on young shoulders um but he uh he i don't want to say too much but one of his family is not very well um and, and it's affected him and um it, on on monday uh, tuesday sorry um he come in the gym and he was having a little bit of move around uh, you know when you know your kids mm. I, I, I know him inside out and um i was like what? Is something matter? We've got a problem here, and yeah, he was upset. And so I had a chat with him. I said, "Listen, I said, just knock it on the head. Don't worry about it." He wanted to fight. It was like, well, no. but when you when when you're upset, when things things are on your mind like that, especially a young head like that, somebody who who kind of like is a strong sort of person for his younger brothers and things like that. Um, yeah, you need you, you need protecting from yourself really because i'm not don't get me wrong you could have gone in there and 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 performed and won but if your mind's not on it and you're unhappy and something's stressing you and worrying you and you're going in to fight your mind's not on it you know in the worst possible way you know you can you can be unfit and go into a fight and but you know what you got to do you're like okay cool right drag it out not a problem 
you know you can have a bit of a niggle or a little you know hand injury or a little elbow injury or a bit of a sore rib or you know you can you can you can get through fights especially at this sort of level mm-hmm. you can get through fights like that but it just needs a bit of, needs a bit of um bit of time out so you know he was like well will will I fight before then and Eddie said to me he says, Do you want me to box you know on one of the later shows I said no so he's going to have a, have a bit of time out and he's 20 years old he's a young he's a young young kid um he's a very very good kid and he's a very, very you know he's such a talent um he's disciplined he's dedicated so it's been a shit year anyway you know pandemic because of what happened you know he was supposed to have seven fights in his first year he's had three so missing out on this one is it going to kill him no it's not so he'll come back in january all all, all fresh and, and recharged well, sorry to hear that. That's that's the first I had heard of that. I do like to extend uh, best wishes to Hopi Price and his family and hope that he's back in the ring um, at some time soon. Um, Jordan Gill had a great win. and It's kind of a, a pattern of this year for a lot of fighters. Like, struggle to get out, get a good one under the belt, and then, you know, through no fault of their own, of course, yeah. don't get that second opportunity. Um, how is Jordan? When can we expect to see him back in the ring? Very good. He would have been boxing in December, but... He, uh, in that fight with Blotty, he, he did his hand, um, and it was bad. I mean, he's, he's probably been punching again now for probably about f- four weeks from tapping. These last couple of weeks, he started whacking full on again. So he'll, he'll be back out in January um, in a big fight. Um, hope, you know, I'm hoping Eddie can deliver a big fight. We've, we've said what we want and you know, the route that we want to go down. Eddie's fully on board with that. So, yeah, he he's a great talent. He's... 26 now um l plates are going off now it, it you know ryan uh, firstly jason cunningham that was his breakout fight that was his you know first one for matchroom let's see what you can do good fight great performance passed that one beat ryan doyle for um the commonwealth um beating reese balotti in his comeback fight after a year out it's, it, the domestic sort of levels is is He's performed really well and he's done. Now, the problem is, is we've got a pandemic. So, like I said to you about Hopi Price, should have seven fights, had three. Jordan, in the ideal world, would be having four and fives. We're looking at twos, you know, we're looking at twos and threes if you're, if you're looking now with, with, with how this is going. And we don't know what it's going to be like next year. Everyone's banking on, oh, yeah, next year will be back to normal. Well, it fuck. It won't be back to normal, you know. Normal's when you're having shows consecutively. We're still going to be in a... in quite murky waters so what you've got to do is you have to take leaps and you can't like stay at the same level if you've if you've had a couple of good wins at that level and you've got the talent and their ability then you kind of roll the dice a little bit and maybe take fights a little bit earlier than what you would normally do but if you're not going to get those fights in then you can't stay at that level because then that's another year wasted and then another year wasted and so we're having to take jumps and with him, because I've, I've seen his abilities, I've took him out in America sparring, I've seen what he's done in, in, in the gyms, I've seen what he's done in fights, I know what, he can, what he's capable of, I'm willing to roll the dice with him, and he needs to do that as well. You know, he, he'll be 27 next, he's married, he needs to start making some money out of the game, he needs to start testing himself, he wants to test himself up through the levels. As I said, is normally in a in a world where if we were going to have guaranteed to have four fights next year, then yeah, we can maybe box at, at domestic level and then move up. But if we're using one of our slots to stay at the same level, 
Reese Mould. So it was, ma- it was made mandatory for the British title. The problem is, if it beats Reese Mould, is that a better win than Ryan Doyle? Is that a better win than, than um, Bellotti? No, because Reese Mould's had, had one kid on his record that's got a winning record. And he's a prospect coming through. So he's shooting for Jordan, but Jordan needs to be shooting higher. And if we're only having two or three fights, I can't waste one of those slots that we can get on a, on a matchroom show by staying at the same level. So the fight that he has to, uh, that he's going to take, has to be a fight that's going to leapfrog him closer up, you know, higher up the rankings, closer towards, your end goal is a world title. So now, instead of being able to take so many steps to get to a, a, a world title shot, you've got to take less steps because you don't know how long you're going to be out of the ring for. You don't know, you know, you don't know what you've got left. So that's the reason. In its own way, it's sort of like stick or twist a little bit with, with the pandemic. Obviously, opportunities are limited, but not just jumping on any opportunity whenever you can because you need a fight because you've been out of the ring. Yeah. You know, it's a significant carrot to, to be dangled in front of fighters who potentially haven't boxed in six months. And I'm sure it makes your job as a manager a lot more complicated. Yeah, it is. And so when, so let's go, go back to Jordan. So Jordan had a year out. His comeback fight on fight camp great but it's got to be a decent fight now do you then say oh hang on a minute no he needs a he needs a comeback because normally you'd come back with a little eight rounder you know what i mean you've been out of ring for a year come back with an eight rounder then have a have a good step up but it's a case of when we're going to fight again we need to make a bit of a statement to come back okay let's do a lot instead of a which was that you know we spoke about was something like a sean davis well Reese Blot is a better win. It's a 50-50 fight I was talking about. A lot of people thought Jordan would get banged out. Went out, put on a great performance against Reese Blot, and now they can move up. Now he, now there's no point in staying there. We have to twist again, and, and, and we kind of got to do that. Real fights make real fighters end of the day. Um, and if you, if you have the talent and the ability, which is what Jordan's got, you just need that experience going with you. But the experience of just fighting guys that you're expected to be, you don't improve on as much as the experience of guys that are going to give you problems and you're going to have to work hard to beat them. Do you know what I mean? And and if you get beat, you're still going to learn. You're still going to learn from it. You can improve you as a fighter anyway. But obviously the end game is to beat them. But to have to have to grow as a fighter during them, you know, them 12 rounds, 10 rounds, whatever it is, in order to beat them, that's what makes you a better fighter. Okay. We will talk about this weekend's card tomorrow after the weigh-in. But before I let you go, uh, one thing that I would like your opinion on, one person who is not here this week who was due to be here, Mr. Dave Allen, has recently retired from professional boxing. Um, I like to think of you as somebody who has quite a level head in the sport, considering it's boxing and most people are crazy. Um, What did you think of Dave's announcement of his retirement? So pleased. So pleased for him. Do you know what? He's given... you You can't say he hasn't given himself to boxing. I know he said in the past that he's not trained for fights and stuff like that. I get that. But when he gets in that ring, regardless of whether he's fit or he's not fit, whether he's prepared properly or not, he's given everything. And he's, put his, he's putting his, his health and his brain, everything, his life, in the line of, of, of fire for our entertainment. We've all like, oh, look, oh, oh, he's tough, he's a tough bastard. Yeah, but it's no good being a tough bastard and then blowing bubbles, you know? And... I didn't like what happened with Price, eh? When he fought Price, eh? I thought then, I thought, done. That's that's an accident waiting to happen. Um, 
and then uh, I spoke to him here uh, in the in the bubble. I don't know if it was last week, week before. Yeah, um, and uh, he, he mentioned about when he sparred Usyk, and but he did, obviously didn't say nothing else. And I didn't know he was retiring to him, but I was like, "Fucking hell!" Like, because he's tough. Mm. I've seen him spar. I've seen him spar with Richard Towers. I've seen, seen him spar with Belly, and I've seen him getting it whacked and whacked. And he just keeps on coming forward. It's like fucking hell. So only can last for so long. And then I saw his post when he put the video up and what he said in the post. And I was like, thank God you've seen the light. Because a lot of times, fighters don't admit it to themselves. A lot of times, you know, everybody else was around him saying, you need to pack up now. But they're like, no, no, I still feel good. No, no, oh, I can still earn this money. The fact that he's, he's, he's took that decision upon himself and said, you know what? Nah, I don't want to get punched anymore. And fair play to him. All respect and welcome. I'm so pleased He's got out of the game with a couple of properties, so he's got some. He's got something to show for his career. A lot of fighters get out of the game; they've got nothing to show for it. Um, so I'm so pleased for him that that he's he's got that. He's a great character. Um, he's funny, and you know what? I had Amy Timlin boxing on the undercard, and and Amy said to me as well. She said, "Yeah, you because know, she's very intro- introverted and quiet." Dave Allen took her under a wing and made sure she was all right and looked after her and stuff like that. And, you know, that's, that just shows you what he's like. You know, he's a nice kid. He's a nice kid. So uh, I wish him all the best in whatever he's doing. I don't know if he's going to coach or whatever. I don't know. But I wish him all the best going forward. And another product of a certain Ingle Jim. Another man who walked into the Ingle Jim, a very shy, retiring man, and was had his life changed by Brendan Ingle. So that rounds off the interview quite nicely from what we were talking about at the start yeah. about boxing giving people a chance um dave Coral, always a pleasure really happy to be doing this face to face um i'll be gutted when we have to catch up next time on zoom but always a pleasure catching up with you thanks very much for speaking to boxing social right, cheers nice one Ciao. We'll do.